Welcome everyone to another episode of Four Layer Takes. We are doing another double feature. This week we will be doing The Real Coming to America, the Megan and Harry interview with Oprah, and then our underwhelming to me, uh, Coming to America, the sequel that was on Amazon Prime. I'm your girl, Kim. It's me, Mimi. It's your girl, Mel. It's your boy, Marcus, AKA Kendrick Johnson. Uh, Kendrick Johnson was a 17-year-old boy who was murdered but had his death uh, ruled accidental and covered up by Lowndes County, I guess, police and the FBI. Um, he was 17 when his body was found or discovered, rolled up in a Lowndes County high school gym mat. I don't know why the case was ever closed, but of course it was a conspiracy to protect the uh, Brian and, what was it, Brian and Brandon? Bell, who are the sons of an FBI agent, but um, today Lowndes County, or I guess about Dallas County, is it Lowndes County, but Dallas County, it doesn't matter. Whatever, the sheriff of that county where the murder took place announced that the case would be reopened um, based off new evidence that had been presented to them from the FBI. That's mm-hmm. awesome. I remember that because it was the whole thing, nothing made sense, how this how this None child rolled up into a and All then right. like, wasn't his body, like his cavity was stuffed with uh, mm-hmm. hate, like, yeah, it was like, mm-hmm. it was just so many weird bizarre things like even for a coroner to do like nothing made sense right children don't just roll themselves up in in heavy mats in a in a uh gymnasium i've right. rolled up those i've rolled up those mats before and it, me it, too that's it it's impossible I, that can't yeah. close from the beginning mm-hmm. yeah okay well, I hope we hope and pray that that uh, they, that moves forward and they get somebody convicted because it it didn't sound right from the very beginning to nobody with with common normal people sense. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me calm back down. So, guys, we so I, I think I text me I, t- I put it in the group chat like y'all watching this Harry and Megan y'all the shit you know I felt like the Harry and Megan thing, I didn't think it was going to be traumatic as it was. I thought it was just going to be some good tea. And I was like, it was like, you know how you miss a day of work and then somebody gets to a fight at work and then you get back to work the next day and they're like, girl, y'all miss, you missed a big fight. And I was like, damn, tell me about it. Like, that's <laughs> what I thought this was going to be, but it was super traumatic. <laughs> it was super fucking sad. It was right. really sad. Like, I, I had to sit back and say, these people are the group of people that kind of created our modern day racism, right? They are literally the colonizers. Like, I'm like, hey, Megan, when you went, Megan, when you went on your tour of Australia, bitch, your family that you married into colonized those black and brown people. You know, so I was like, this is really, and I couldn't stop, it was like a, a, a train accident. I'm like, I can't stop watching this shit, it's crazy, it's crazy. And then Oprah just, you know, brings you in with her brilliant, you know, interviewing <laughs> skills. And she was like, let me bring it back around to the question you didn't answer a moment ago. Right. <laughs> Just tell me. <laughs> I mean, the interview, the real interview was actually almost three and a half hours. They exactly. cut it down to an hour in 20 or 30 minutes. I'm like, geez, what are they talking about? Good gracious. They said you can go on YouTube. I haven't done it. I haven't had a chance to do it yet. But just to back up a little bit, guys, we're talking about the um, Oprah Winfrey had an interview with Harry, Harry and Megan um, Windsor. And as we know, Megan was 
um, Meghan Markle was an actress here in America who married Prince Harry, who was the most, he, over the past couple of years, had been the most popular member of the British royal family. So they got married, they had a baby named Archie, and things went awry, and they ended up having to relocate back to the U.S. So um, for her mental health, for their family's protection, um, and so this was the first time that you heard an interview from a former member of the royal family that at that high level and his spouse um, to kind of figure out what was going on uh, with them outside of the you know major interviews that the couple couple of interviews that um, Princess Diana, his mom, did. And we know Harry is the child, the youngest brother of um, Prince Charles and uh, Princess Diana, who has passed away. Just a little background, just catch everybody up. It was on CBS, but they said it's like like uh, Kim just said it was uh, over three hours. But you can go on YouTube and watch little bits and pieces, more bits and pieces of the interview. Like I said, it was just really sad um, to watch somebody, and I feel like because Megan is because maybe of Megan's profession, she is white passing. I feel like she was ill prepared, and she ill prepared herself to go into this particular situation right. so you know what did you guys think like just overall i, I felt it was it was heartbreaking and hard it was traumatic and hard to watch to I, me I, I mean i'll jump in right here right I, like you said i i can only imagine the shit that really would happen had he married a dark-skinned woman a woman oh <laughs> they would have died well, he would not have <laughs> yeah they would have died i mean they would have done what they did to diana i feel no nah, i mean and i don't want to i'll just go i'll just go this interview made me feel different about Harry, and I don't think Harry has Megan's back the way that he should. Hmm. Really? I think, I'm that? like, this is the kind of husband everybody would no. hopefully want to have. No, 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 no. He, he, he renounced his throne to Zamunda. I mean, shit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's a foreshadowing, but nah. Um, we, he, I mean, he, I think he has her back, but like, the the shit that like that was that she the shit that he Megan said was said to him and I mm-hmm. I, I go in particularly to the shit about Archie mm-hmm. like you let alone you saying that shit to my wife or but he related to his wife you're saying it to me and like I, you're not gonna say that to me and we not have an altercation or this shit get physical mm-hmm. like you, you I, that, that it was just fat it's unfathomable to me that you would have that you would say that shit to my face. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, he never said who said it. It might, yeah, might have been. I don't give a fuck who said it. So you gonna slap but your grandma if, if it was her? <laughs> he said, he said it was not. It wasn't the queen, and it was not Prince Philip. His, his, so his grandparents were not the people that told him this. Um, we do know. Yeah, I wouldn't say that about the dying elderly either. I I wouldn't say <laughs> that. I don't. I don't. Like, the whole situation is weird. Somebody said this, and I thought it was interesting, mm-hmm. that Harry was on his way out of there anyway. Always. So he was on his way out. She was just the wind who took him on out of the way. She the was, wind beneath his wings. Yeah, she was just the wind beneath the wings. He was already <laughs> going to be on his way out of there. Mm-hmm. Um and I thought it was interesting that he said that his mom must have thought that too. That's why she set up a little fun for him, you know. I think she always wanted like. them to get away from I think that she knew what the royal family would do to them. And I think that she because she knew the institution versus the family mm-hmm. and wanted was hoping that they could get away. Like she was like for a little bit she was able to get away when she divorced 
uh, Prince Charles. And the incident that we're talking about, guys, is Prince Harry con- told Meghan, and then he confirmed that someone in, in his family, not just the institution of the royal family and the business behind it, but the actual family members asked, and they were concerned about the color of Archie's skin tone. Once they, once he got pregnant, um, they were like, is he going to be dark? You know, basically, is he going to be dark? Is he going to be light? Like, they were concerned about it. And I was like, he's a, like mostly white. I was, I was like, have you seen how her daddy, like, have you seen her? Like, I'm like, that was, it was just, it was bizarre. It was, I get it, but it was bizarre. And when I white people like, act like they don't understand what the one drop rule means in 2021. They swear bizarre. they don't understand it. I'm like, uh, ex- exhibit A through, through <laughs> exhibit A through 200. And I know them things don't yeah. match, but that's, that's just yeah. how stupid it is. <laughs> I know as a man, like how I would have that situation. Like how would you as a woman have that situation? Like somebody saying that shit to you. I would leave. Well, see, they didn't say it directly to her. Mm-hmm. Well, well, I, I they, know. It was a conversation that he had with the family member and we don't even know really how he responded to the family member mm-hmm. and maybe that's why he is estranged from certain members of the family because of that like we don't know what happened but it's kind of like you just think on just regular everyday people relationships you are dating someone you are married to someone and you tell your spouse or the person and I have been in this situation that your family member doesn't like them or doesn't approve of them or you know whatever it's up to you the person that has a family member to correct it to confront it to address it not up to Megan it's up to you to deal with your family no I I, right but you're right we don't know how he handled it but me I guess I mean it's but I felt this way even before disrespecting my wife, my girlfriend, that that's, I mean, disrespecting journal or some shit that I will not tolerate and will be met with damn near physical force. But like that, like to, that type of disrespect, I, 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 it's just unfathomable. And then I feel like deep down, he feels his need to want to reconnect with those people, but those people would not accept him. Like, I feel like his allegiances should rely with, they should be with Megan, but I feel like he's trying to tiptoe and keep up like a, a window open for recon- reconciling with his family. And I'm like, burn that motherfucker down. I, well, I think, think that's just normal to do. Yeah, yeah, you can't burn it down. I mean, that is still his family, mm-hmm. no matter what. And he did choose his wife and his child. That is a choice that he is currently making. Now, he mm-hmm. might change his mind later, but right now, that is the choice that he is making, which is honorable. Yeah. As opposed to, I'm just going to stay in this BS. Yeah. But when you've grown up a certain way and you have certain privileges, it's hard to let that go and the power that they hold. Mm-hmm. You know how many countries they own? They're the wealthiest landowners in the world. They own more earth than any other people. So it's like, I feel like and, uh, there was one question that um, kind of it riled up First of all, the color question made Oprah Winfrey visibly upset. The other one that made her upset was when he said, I feel trapped, you know, in I, I grew up this way. So I don't know about microaggressions because I've never I'm, I'm a white man, the richest one, of the richest people in the world. I've never had to deal with that. But now I'm looking at my wife having to deal with that. I could have been he was like, I was that person. 
probably aggressing other people, doing microaggressions, not knowing. So I like the fact that he is tr- he was trying to learn. He was trying to be better. Um, I don't know what else a person would want besides you leave your family. He left his country, his family. He left his military career. He left. I mean, he left everything he knew for his fa- his wife and now his two children that are going to be coming now. So I feel like I don't know what else we would you would want a man to do, but to to stand by your side. I was like, yeah, he seems like this seems like the kind of person that anyone would want to marry. Any woman would really want to marry. Like have my back, no matter what happens. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I, I, if somebody said that to me, I really wouldn't know. I do have a friend I was texting with throughout the show. She is biracial. Um, she is. A, she identifies as a woman of color. Her husband is also biracial. He in, identifies as a person of color, but he's white presenting. Mm-hmm. And she just asked him, like, what if your family ever asks about our kids? What would you say? And she's very. She like me. She like me. Me like in a whole lot of ways. I be feeling so bad for their husbands. Um, and then, <laughs> Wait, what? They, just, they, they don't have a lot of melanin in their skin, and we be making that very clear. Oh. And he, he basically turned to her and was like, "I would be like, my kids look better than your white ass." Like that is literally what she texts me back. So. You know, I feel like, you know, the person you're going to marry, you know how they're going to react to certain situations or that you hope they would. And then you need to adjust because I, what I like is that your girl was like, bitch, I've been working since I'm 13 years old. I was at the yoga stand down the street. You think I'm not going to go get a job like I'm we going to be OK. But I feel like that is very much a black woman mentality is we gonna, me and mine going to be all right at the end of the day. You do what you need to do. I think she was stupid or not stupid, I'll take that back. I think she was very naive in not doing the research, not looking at all of Diana's old old uh, um, interviews from when they when she was divorcing the family. I feel like she should have really done more research. And then right when she got there, she said they didn't prepare her. They didn't, you know, she was like, I'm an American. I don't know your national anthem. Nobody taught her how to curtsy. Basic shit that someone should have done for her didn't get done. And I'm like, that should have been the first red flag. Like, let me go back to the good old racism of America. I know, I know these races. In the crown, they didn't prepare Diana either. Diana, because she was part of the um, she was aristocracy. Already yeah. Yeah. She but she still didn't know all that. She still didn't mm-hmm. know, according to the crown. She mm-hmm. still didn't know all that. She had to have like a friend of the family or a cousin or somebody mm-hmm. teach her. Like okay. they didn't, they still didn't teach her she said and they set it up like tests either like to see if you could pass or not so some of this I don't even think she would have known until she got in it Mm -hmm. but I would have it's fair to ask some regular questions because you are marrying into the original colonizers like Mm -hmm. like, stop calling this the commonwealth this ain't the Mm -hmm. commonwealth it's yeah Mm-hmm. These people came into other people's countries. Yes. Killed, murdered, stole. Yes. And that's what happened here. <laughs> it doesn't take a whole lot of research to know that's, that this is what happened. They invented the racism and America perfected it. <laughs> no, I, right. They invented yes. it. Like, this, <laughs> hello, the English settlers are the, like, what are you eating? I shouldn't even call them settlers. But, you know. Mm-hmm. This is yeah. basic history to be like, yeah. mm, it's probably some shit going on over here and you don't even know the half. 
Yeah, because I, I would have been like, and I, I, it was interesting when Harry said, basically that it was history repeating itself because after they did their Australian tour, that's when the family kind of, or the institution kind of turned because they saw how popular she was. I'm like, how? why would you think she wouldn't, she's a person of color. She's the first, like after Princess Diana, like the people's princess, she is a real person. Like, dude, give me a break. And he said that was kind of the same pattern with, Princess Diana, because after they did their Australian tour, she was like everything. She just really outshone um, uh, uh, Prince Charles. So that's when he was like, okay, it's time, you know, we got to really get some things cracking here. It's time to go. But I'm just like, do you not realize when you say tour that you're going, you're basically going to the, the black and brown people looking at their culture from which you stole their land and then made them pay for it? Make you, you stole their land yes. and made, and they made them, them pay you. you for their own fucking land. This sounded just like people. this sounded just like when Marjorie Terrell went out with Joffrey and Cersei was like, "Look at this bitch <laughs> commanding all the attention. I got to, I got to get rid of this hoe." It's so always I'm like, Megan, get the fuck out of there, girl. This get bitch you. will blow up yeah. this whole Sistine Chapel on your ass. <laughs> get the fuck, get the fuck out. You don't want to die. Get the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically what it is. So Megan's, you know, went to there is the family, the actual people versus the institution of the family, um, the royal institution. And she went to them basically as an employee because they're senior. They were senior members of the royal family, which means that mean that they have duties to you know make appearances and do other things. And she was like, "I, you're not protecting me in the media after you told me you would." That's the first thing. Believing them was her, her second big mistake. You believe in the wrong. You believe in the colonizer and they telling you but they not girl please calm down <laughs> calm down I know we all we sometimes we make that decision but everybody mm-hmm. on this if you listen to this podcast right now <laughs> do not trust the colonizers and I don't know who you can put the colonizer whoever you want do not trust these motherfucking people I'm telling you this right now on this day I am telling you this and you saw and today Pierce Morgan basically quit his job because people was going after him I'm like you've been racist to this damn girl since the day she got there you've been misogynistic to this damn girl since the day she got there even before she got there so now you mad because black and brown people are now standing up for themselves in Britain and now you your wife fragility got you walking out the set that shit was the most pleasurable thing I ever saw in my life I was like oh, I love this this is great I mean, <laughs> Bye. See you later. So believing that they would protect her and they weren't protecting her and they were basically setting her up in the media, her versus um, William's wife. Uh, what's her name? Kate. The white Kate, one. Kate. The white Kate Middleton. Woman. The white woman. The white one, Kate Middleton. So her mental health was declining and she was like, I'm thinking about committing suicide. I'm so unhappy. Please just help me. Can I go to a, a, a you know, check myself in somewhere. They're like, no, you'll be fine. Don't worry. It's bad optics for the family. And I'm like, that when I considering suicide after I've had a child, I would have bounced and came on back to me. I'm like, mama, I'm gonna need you to wrap your hair up and come get me over here across the pond. Like, come get me and pick me up and take me home. I would have been gone. I'd have been gone then. And how are you gonna get there? She got no passport, she got no driver's license, she got no credit cards. Like yes, they man. take all your stuff from you. I'm mm. like, is there a Jason Bourne? There's there somebody that can help you. It was just, <laughs> it was just, it was so, the whole thing was so depressing. Uh, it was just, it was just messed up. So then she said that she had the mental, she was having mental health issues. They were not going to help her. They decided to come to the U.S. Um, after, right 
you know, right when Archie was born, it was announced that they, he was not going to get a royal title, basically because he, there was no reason given to them. Because he, I mean, we all know because he has melanin in his skin. Um, then they were going to cut their security. All of these things were going to happen, and it made absolutely no sense. So, other than the fact that you are racist colonizers, is the only explanation given. Why the fuck would he, out of all of the, the grandkids and the great grandkids, not have a royal title? I'm confused. And why when you, you're telling them they're, they're actually traveling around the world, making appearances for the family, you don't have security. They, Britney Spears got security. Right. Melania. Well, they, 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 and and y'all, they, they ought to be ashamed that they had to let Madea come in and give right. their own people right. somewhere to live in security. Right. Madea from Atlanta had to do people. that. Okay. Thank God, thank God for black people. Right. So, Tyler said, this is the Underground Railroad. He said, let me go and get you a little safe, a safe house. Thank, huh? you, thank you, Tyler Perry, for helping our, our black oh. princess and her, yes. and her babies. Thank you oh. for doing that. Madea be coming through. Madea be coming through. Yep. Um, he probably, he probably, she was probably like, "I'm gonna need you to sign this. I need you to c- uh, commit to a couple of films." Because <laughs> 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 my mom, my mom, my mama was like, "I sure hope she ain't have to commit to no movies, though." <laughs> yeah, we gonna see her ass in a Madea go somewhere. I know that. Hey, Madea I, goes to Buckingham Palace. over tables. Tyler Perry is a lot of those, a lot of things, and at the top of that list is provider. He is. He, he believes in our community. He believes in helping, truly helping people. Yeah. Um, so they got out. Thank God. They're, you know, now in California, they're going to have a podcast in the streaming. They're going to do some streaming things, which is really great. And then Harry let it slip that, you know, his dad stopped taking calls from him. His family had cut him off. And thank God that his mom had set aside money for him. And we know Princess Diana was a part of aristocracy. She had money. Um, and that that's what they had to live off of for a while, you know, to kind of get their, their game plan. Um, so I just be like, fuck Prince Charles, fuck the royal, fuck Prince William, uh, and all of them. I'm like, you could, this is your brother and your son and your grandchild. Like, do whatever you can to help them. Even if they didn't want to live in UK, you could still protect Archie. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what broke my heart. And I I like that people call Charles out. They're like, you only protect uh, Camilla, Parker's Bowl. You never really protected Diana and your kids. And now you don't protect your grandchild. And any man that's worth his salt, you know, covers his family and this is what he didn't has not done or has not shown that he's done okay is, is charles the pedophile one that was running with epstein that's andrew. no that's andrew okay but they're not but that's the thing they're protecting andrew but right. they're not protecting and that's what uh prince harry tried to tell them like the the relationship between the royal family and the media is symbiotic so i'm going to sell the story about her so you won't put run a story about my black ass like I, you know let me tell you what megan did but i'm gonna go make it up don't don't put nothing about me in there but i'm gonna tell you Tell tell Pierce to say this. No, so no, it was just it's sick. The old, I mean, one of the biggest things that this highlighted to me was like how fragile the royal family is. Like they should, they know they should not exist in a world today. Like I mean, British people. There's no reason. British people pay taxes to these people that do nothing for them. Only not just British people. Uh, people all over the world. No, uh, 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 New Zealand, yeah. Australia, yeah. Africa, country, Af- countries in Africa, countries in the Caribbean. That's why Barbados India, got like, rid of her. Canada. <laughs> just, it ain't yeah. just Canada. It ain't just England. But like, I feel like nothing, nothing. It's sad. That's the problem is that, and that's been the whole thing. For it. I mean, again, the crown is a drama series. 
but it feels a lot like a documentary, but it's not. It's a drama. That, that's that been the issue for the last 50 some odd years is the people, they don't want the people to revolt and say that they don't need the monarchy because I think they may be like the last monarchy or something They're the like last- that. They're the last um, large monarchy that has this kind of power in the world. Right. And so they don't want the people to revolt. <laughs> yeah. So we, you have to, we have to make the people like us. They don't want to end up like a Russian oligarch. <laughs> they don't want to, they don't end up like poor Anastasia. <laughs> but the reality is, and this, this is what was so strange. I'm like, Megan can help you in so many ways. I'm like, if you use her, she can help make your entire brand stronger. And she said that she was- Yeah, I was like, that's what doesn't make sense to me. I'm like, she can help you. She, she, dumbfounded. Racism don't make sense. And this is not even racism. This is some, this is worse than racism. Cause like, (laughs) we know racism in America. This is some other shit. This yes. is some it's like racist, elite racism. generations. <laughs> right. This is the elite racist. This is some other <laughs> shit. <laughs> this ain't just normal little microaggressions here or there. You know, mm-hmm. you gotta deal with these little off groups every now and again. You know, no, no, no. Yeah. This is a family deep seated. We have spread this shit around the world. Yes. Racism. Nah, well, and, and I think, and it was like, if, if 2020 and 2020 didn't teach anybody anything that post-racism, anything doesn't exist. And we've literally seen all of racism in these last couple of months, like it, it, from the poorest white, white racist to the richest white racist, like we've seen the entire span of racism and white people. Like this shit is real. And this, these are the systems that have been built to hurt and harm and, and keep down black and brown people and poor people. Um, so it's, it's just bizarre. I think it was Harry's sad. great aunt. Yeah, Harry's great aunt was a Nazi. Like, mm-hmm. this ain't too far removed. He dressed up as a Nazi for Halloween, mm-hmm. whenever. Mm-hmm. The granddaddy's uh, Prince Philip or King, whatever he is. Philip, his granddaddy sisters, yeah. they were Nazis. The uncle, the one who abdic- abdicated, I think that's the word, uh-huh, he the throne, was partnering with the Germany mm-hmm. with the Nazis so yeah. that they could come and take England and keep his family safe. Like, this mm-hmm. is not like, oh, this is some new shit. She yeah. wasn't ready. She, she wasn't know. ready. And I'm like, you can, bitch, you could have went to Netflix and watched a Windsor documentary. Their last name <laughs> is something they went and picked out of a book because all of them are Nazis. All of the British uh, royal families were cousins that were intermarrying. So once World War II really broke out, the bombs that were dropping had their last name on it. So that the Windsor had to go back. They were like, we can't be this because they, they spoke German. So they were like, well, guys, we need to change our last name. We, they, they had to go into a genealogy book and say, what sounds very British? And they literally went to a book and picked out the last name Windsor and then said, our last name now is Windsor because it sounds British. And now we need to stop speaking with German accents. Like the, what you just said, all of them are the same. They're from the same German German heritage. Like you said, they all, they, the, you dropping fucking Nazi bombs with your last name on, on your own people. That not even make sense. So yeah, they, they she really I would have done definitely research. I'm like, and I know everybody wants their prince charming at the end of the day, but I've been like, listen, boo, you gonna have to you gonna have to come over here with me up in Canada where I'm shooting my TV show, and we gonna live over here. Even <laughs> but here's the thing, Mel. Neither you or I mm-hmm. did any research, but somehow we knew this. 
But poor baby. Poor baby. I can understand how she was taken off guard because like in that it was early in the interview when she talked about um early when like when she first met Harry's grandmother, the, the queen or whatever, whatever her name is, um, she talked about like how she needed like when you meet somebody's grandmother privately for the first time, you wouldn't expect to have to be that so formal with them. I would. It's Queen, it's the Queen of England. It's the like, queen. I would have been like, let me, I'm like, I'd be like, hold up. We're gonna practice this currency in Canada, we're gonna oh. practice in America, then we're gonna practice over here in the UK. I would have practiced that damn thing. My knees would have been fucking hurting before I met the Queen of fucking England. Yeah. And that bitch don't mean nothing to me, but it's the it's the institution that I've oh, always called. From that from, from that second, I would have realized before she is even Harry's grandmother, she's the Queen of England. And yes. that's a fucked up relationship. Yeah, that's why I couldn't understand why they kept saying the institution and the firm because I was like, that is your grandmother still. Like, they are the same. They're they're no different. If she yeah. says, I'm going to do something different, they should do it. She could. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, they uh, did it for Prince. And that's what my question. I was like, they did it for Princess Charlotte because the rule was Charlotte Charlotte should have been looked over as the, as the, I think she's like the fifth in line. She should have, so the queen went back and she changed that rule so that now a female can be in line. She, it wasn't going to jump over her to go to Prince right. Louis. So I'm like, you changed that. You, now he's a, he's a male heir, first of all, you know, direct descendant. He should be, I think, eighth in line right now for the throne, eighth or ninth in line for the throne. So if you can, all you have to do today, Queen, because I know that you, you know, it seems like you, it seems like Harry and the Queen have always had a good relationship. It's to me, it's what I've seen on the outside. But I'm just like, you, you need to go over to, if, hey, lead a family, go over to the institution office, wherever that office is, <laughs> knock on the door. I know you all get your, get your rocker or whatever you need to get and say, hey, we're going to need to call a meeting. That's what I would do. And the, and, the, and the statement that they put out today was some bullshit. It was so stupid and so PR. It was so pointless. The, what, what the, what the uh, royal family put out today was the most pointless piece of paper. You shouldn't even waste your time getting that piece of paper from the woods and putting some ink <laughs> on there and using our electricity up. Because somebody could use that electricity. <laughs> is what I'm saying. So, so that's what I feel like things are being unve- unveiled in a way such that now things can really change. Hopefully things can start to change. And I do, like, I've always fantasized, like, I've romanticized the British royal family because they're the royals. You know, I'm like, I woke up for Prince William's wedding and I, I was I was literally on tour. I woke up that morning, had my fascinator on. I did the same thing for Meghan and Harry. I did it for uh, for Beatrice. Like, I was looking at all of them. I don't see everybody getting married because it's the, it's, the, it's the pomp and circumstance that I love. Okay. But I'm like, I'm done with y'all motherfuckers now. Like, don't don't come over here. Don't say nothing else. I won't see no more cupids of uh, Prince George. Is gone, gone. But see, I, I never cared about him. Exactly. I cared a little bit more about him with Megan, but I still yeah. didn't care that much. And I loved it. I loved uh, it. You know, and I caught the tail end of this interview. I can, I can, I can, so the and circumstance I can and I can understand liking, but the concept of the royal family, like the thought of that, like that's it's disgusting because like because somebody's born into a royal family, that means they're like they they're highly regarded or thought of as better. That that that, better. that 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 doesn't make sense to me. That goes against every single logic I have in my head. Yeah, the whole thing is just strange. I mean, I'm I, I go back and forth. 
Yeah. When I don't think about uh, the xenophobia, the the, uh, the elite racism, the colonization, you know, when I can dismiss all that, you know, my cognitive dissonance, you know, That's when I can do my fucking lot to dismiss. <laughs> yeah, when I can dismiss that and just be like, oh, look at all the pomp and circumstance, and isn't that lovely? Then you know, I can get into that the lovelies, yeah. but like the honesty, like we had gone to London and we were on this like tour of the um we were going down the the uh, the river what's the river called the Thames the Thames the yeah the, the Thames River mm-hmm. and the tour guide said and here is whatever bridge it might have been the London bridge here is this whatever bridge where they hung people from for going against the monarchy <laughs> Like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> You're pointing this out on the tour that they literally were hanging people to death yeah. on this bridge? And I was like, wait a second. I've been like, okay, let me right the camera, here. hold on. <laughs> true crime, true crime. <laughs> I, I have never been able to separate that. And that's probably why um, I've subconsciously never had a desire to travel to like European places, like when people be like, they they are going to Europe for vacation. Um, and I was, I always used to be like, I wonder why I've just never been excited about it. And I think that's what it was. I'm, I've always just wanted to go to brown or black nations. And I think it's because if I travel and I see all of these ancient uh, Renaissance period um, architecture and stuff like that, all I see is how they got this architecture and how they got all these riches was just literally on the backs of enslaving and killing people all around the world. And I'm just like, I don't want to see that shit. <laughs> I, think, but I really think that you would actually like it because you're an artist. I, feel oh, like I know. Really I've studied all of that and I'm just like, I, I don't want to see that shit. <laughs> I tell you, if you do the cognitive distance, like, I love it. You're going you're gonna to separate your, you know, what you know from what you see. But then it'll come a point where it's going to hit you in the back of the head like you did me on the river. I was like, wait, hold on, wait a second. What'd you say? Well, it was, it's just like anywhere. I'm like, when I went with there, there's a museum here and I'm like, you're in Alabama. And I'm like, oh, there's a huge, um, it was the, I forget the name of it. It's in Montgomery. Um, The equal um, initiative, uh, justice initiative. Yes, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful, gorgeous, but you're like looking on the wall and there's, if they did a dirt, it's called the dirt project where they went and people who knew where their family members were hung by the KKK um, took dirt from those places. And there were just the whole wall full of dirt with people's names on it in the year and the county and the, in the state. And I was like, that's dirt from people that were like, like it is the, but I, I live in America. I still go to Alabama. Like I'm like, it's everywhere. Like we couldn't leave our house if that were the case. Uh, I'm just, I'm just not choosing to uh, vacation there. <laughs> I mean, you got Spain, Portugal, England. Go uh, to Italy. Go to Italy because that's the closest to Africa. You know how to skip in the gym. <laughs> it's no. gorgeous. Well, but, uh, even the Romans messed with Jesus. Mm-hmm. So I mean. <laughs> oh gosh, Pontius Pilate. Okay, Marcus. No, I mean y'all talked about how we as black people like knew we knew what we knew what it was like we we, we knew this was going on. They saw it happen, but like what what it continues to 
like blow my mind is like people that don't 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 know what this shit is. Like even after watching the Joy Foy video, like they like racism and colorism are like they're, they're literally everywhere. But like it's crazy how obvious it has to be for like these people to actually like see it. Who aren't for like the people who aren't affected by it to actually like see it and understand what's going on. Because like if they really if they really like did research and explored and tried to understand it, they'd realize like they they're participants in it. But like being loud about like loud racism and loud colorism and loud like egregious unjust stuff, like but like excusing subtle stuff makes you it makes you it makes you a racist. It doesn't make you an ally, it makes you a part of the problem. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. I, f- I say that um, racism is a disease that white people have that they give everyone else. Like they give us black and brown peoples their disease of racism. And it's only going to be white people that's going to stop racism. It's going to be the white people who behind closed doors want to want to want to be an advocate. But they're but they're not putting nothing on social media about it. They're not talking about Black Lives Matter. But behind closed doors, they're really they're really standing up for everybody. I'm like, you're you're not being real. You aren't being authentic. You have to stop your people from th- doing this. You have to change with your generation. You have to now affect the next generation of white of whites. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not on black people and brown people to change you. You give us your disease. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, they're, they're literally to me, the COVID-19 of people at this point. If, if that's what you want to compare it to. That, that's something far, far, far worse. The Black Plague? I don't even think, I mean, the real issue, yes, racism is the issue, but more so the issue is capitalism and mm-hmm. power. Mm-hmm. Imperialism. Like, it's yeah. really, that's more what it is. So, so it's kind of what the royal family is doing. So you won't <laughs> look at us and think we're extinct, and so you won't get rid of us. We're gonna throw it so that you're that you're distracted, mm-hmm. and you're gonna focus on this here racism when really this is the issue. Mm-hmm. So we can make us us powerful, elite, wealthy people. We're gonna come to the poor people and make you look at racism so we can preserve ourselves. Mm-hmm. It is nothing about all this other stuff. But mm-hmm. I guess Harry and Meghan they couldn't quite say all that. You know they had to. I think they did very good. They were still protecting them. Yes. They still didn't give too much away. And I feel like, but you have, but at the end of the day, when that's all said and done, they know the power of the royal family. At the end of the day, when you talk about disappearing people, these are the people that, these are the kind of people that disappear people. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not, and I'm not saying it was, it was right. You need to do what's going to be, what's going to protect you and your child and your wife and your unborn child. So I get not saying every single thing and not just spilling all the tea because you do have to maintain. So I get that. They did, this was a huge step. So I'm like, if this is a, if this is a next step, Diana, now we got this, but you and my, what irritated me is the fact that they protect a fucking pedophile over a young lady who came to actually help your family. And just wanted to be in love with you all. That that was leaving the the biggest thing that I took away is like they need to be protected because I truly truly fear for their lives now. Really, me too. I do too. I don't know if, if Oprah can throw some money in too. I don't know. I want to get some of them eggs, some Archie's uh, chicken, chicken, chicken. In. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like she getting all them fresh eggs. That's so good. I was like, all right then. Uh, so yeah, congrats. Uh, uh, Oprah did a great job. Megan, Harry, Archie, and new baby. Baby girl, we wish you luck. luck. 
you know, and and thank you, Tyler I mean, Perry. For be all right. Yeah, I hope they're going to be all right. And thank you, Tyler Perry, for just being, you know, the man that you are and, and help you take care of and cover this family. Tyler is a provider, man. Tyler don't just save um, poor, run-down Black women by, you know, in movies. He don't just save them. He, he actually saves Black women, rich ones in real life. Not just on that. screen. Not just on the silver not screen. Not just on screen. <laughs> He's not just the savior of, of the poor, downtrodden yes, Lord. Black woman. That is awesome. Well, we're going to transition into uh, a movie that was shot at Tyler Perry's studio. So we're going to talk, we're going to transition to coming to America. Um, and what was so cool is like watching, well, cause we live in Atlanta and seeing, uh, they had shown like at Tyler Perry studio, they were shooting like black dynamite coming to America too. They were shooting like all these you know, like black movies at a black owned studio. Like it was just really cool. I thought it was great. So that was it. I was going to put that juice in. So thank you for Tyler Perry for creating this great thing. Um, they shot the inside of Rick, Rick Ross' house. So, okay, that's what I was wondering. I was like, Rick Which Ross forever will be Evander Holyfield's mansion to me. Always Evander Holyfield. Oh, I didn't know. Okay, it's Evander Holyfield's house that he bought, that he bought, Rick Ross bought. Yeah. Yes. All right. Okay, down there in Fayetteville. Is that where it is? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I like it. I like it. Right black off people. old Natty. Yeah, black people doing black people shit. I like it. <laughs> Um, so we have Coming to America 2, and I'm just going to open it up. I watch, guys, I watched this with my grandma like three times today. I love this movie. It made me so happy. Hey. It just made me happy. Like, I was really, I didn't think I would like it. I was like, I'm not going to like this shit. It's going to be whatever. I don't even like it. I'm not going to like it. And it just really made me smile, and it made me laugh, and it was silly, and it was fun. It was uplifting, and yeah. So that was just me. So how, did, how okay. Okay, let I me. let me all of that. <laughs> Let me okay, Kim. We gonna go around. We gonna go around this. We gonna go around the team. So, what did you think about it, <laughs> girl? This movie was uh, okay. Uh, the costumes were great. Mm-hmm. The hairstyles were great. Ruthie Carter. Oh my gosh! And that's about it. Right. Um, I'm going to her uh, exhibit you know, in a couple days. Is it here oh. in Atlanta? Yeah. Okay. I'm interested in doing that because I mean that was all great yes um but the concept of the movie you know we're laughing off of a, of a, a date rape was not exactly funny to me okay. um the recycled jokes mm-hmm. they weren't that funny okay. um I enjoyed James Earl Jones and I enjoyed um Randy Watson at the end yes and that's it that, that's uh, all that's all folks I laughed at the McFlurby, but that's all I remember laughing at. <laughs> the whole fucking movie? I was like, this is the dumbest shit. These motherfuckers made the McFlurby and said instead of the toppings on top, we put them on the, the top. On top. <laughs> I was like, that's the dumbest shit. <laughs> like, I, had a, I, had a, I had a good ass chuckle over there. And then that was kind of it. <laughs> okay. Uh, my I, oh, wait. Oh, I just wanted to say that um, I, I could, I just like Kim. I just could not get past. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we just going to hand the whole kingdom over to a strange, we ain't going to even discuss a paternity test off the word of a witch doctor and a woman who admitted to raping you. Mm-hmm. We just—it's misogyny. I mean, we just—it's misogyny. Yeah, but that's yeah. just dumb as fuck. Like, yeah, <laughs> you're not even gonna do a paternity. You ain't even gonna mention it. 
mm-hmm. like I couldn't get past that. I was like, bro, because the whole movie I was like waiting on that shoe to drop. I was like, just wait till they find out this boy ain't his, and then it just yeah. and it never happened, and they never like, said, oh, the we, boy we looked like Chris. He looked like Chris Tucker. I'm like, this right. is like Chris Tucker song. <laughs> right. This song didn't look like, uh, I know. It's another comedian. Like, no, so. I know. And I'm like, and then when we got, and we started getting towards the end, I'm like, oh, well, I guess that ain't going to happen. It's like, okay. <laughs> all right. Well, all right. Oh, goodness. Okay. Oh. Okay. I liked it. I like, I like, I liked it. Kim kind of fucked me up when she said it was based off a of date rate, but it, um, but it was. <laughs> it was. I can do dissidents. It was it, the movie. They made this movie just, in my mind, they made it just for the culture. Like it was something we've been asking for for literally what? Like when it comes to America? thirty years. Thirty years. I would never ask. I would say, but... did I ask for? <laughs> I didn't ask for that. <laughs> I was happy it was coming. I mean, it wasn't something I asked for, but I was like, oh, if it's funny, then great. You know. I mean, I, I mean, I wasn't expecting it to be funny than the original because I mean, like, comedy has changed since then. Like the stuff you can say then, like you can't say now. But, like, but they did. But go ahead. <laughs> I know. But I mean, I was, I was expecting. I was expecting to laugh, and I definitely had some laughs. Like the barbershop scenes are still hilarious. Mm-hmm. I, I I didn't like the other thing I ain't like was um we st- we still doing these uh African stereotype jokes. That's what we doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what we doing in twenty twenty one. Okay. okay. Yeah. I, I could see if they gave one, but if they gave like five or six. I was like, wow, shit. Okay. Someone was hitting though. Like when they first walked to the when they first went to the barbershop, they called me bowling and something else. Like I thought that was funny. <laughs> Well, I y'all. I'm not telling you. I thought it was a funny. I did. I cackled. I screamed. I laughed. It was so. I just were you high? I wasn't high. I I wasn't drunk. Y'all had nothing to drink. I was literally taking care of my grandmother all day, and I was sober. And I just. It was just such. I love. I'm like. I'm gonna watch it again. Like I'm watching it tonight. It just. I just laughed. I just. I needed. I. Maybe and I. I feel like I needed it. <laughs> she said maybe. Huh? She said maybe. I said maybe it hit different when you watch it with the elderly. Maybe it hit. My girl, though, she don't know what's going on. I was just like, but she did pay attention. I, I feel like because she has Alzheimer's, so I feel like the costumes and like the dancing and like, you know the fanfare, like she paid attention to. Um, I just, I really enjoyed it. I'm gonna watch it again. It made me laugh. It made me happy. And yeah, I liked it. I was mad that I had spent, waited all this time and then spent my uh, hour and 45 minutes or two hours on that. I was like, man. Yeah. Y'all and just could have gave me the costumes and it, the costumes and the hair and I would have been happy. I ain't, yeah, the costumes, the styling. Oh, the costumes, oh, the oh, hair, oh. the dancing, oh. the set work, the set design, all of that was absolutely stunning. Like it was really, really beautiful. I love how they did the African dance with like the traditional um or what we our HBCU traditional uh majorettes, like when Tiana Taylor was coming in. I was like, this is so cool. I love it. It was so creative. I liked it. Okay, liked so it. Fatima also did a good job. Oh yeah, I saw that. I was like, Fatima still um mm-hmm. cool yeah, stuff. Yep. Yeah. But Just why for- we need an involved and salt and pepper, I don't know. Cause it's for why we electric sliding at the end, I don't know. Yeah, it was great. Wasn't it great? The costumes were great. I mean, I like the costumes, I like the cameos, <laughs> I like the hair, but 
You didn't like the movie. Okay, the, so the, the storyline. Uh-huh. Yeah. So let's get to let's get to the storyline that every that only the half of us hated and half of us thought was okay. And I'm gonna preference this with I read a, do, a lot of dark uh, like romance books, so I feel like it didn't bother me with the with thinking about it, it was a date rape. So I didn't think about it immediately, but I'm like I read a lot of that kind of stuff, so maybe I am predisposed to not like taking like thinking about. What I need to, what I use as cognitive dissonance without thinking about the day before. But had it been I the laughed. reverse, you would have paid attention. I probably See, would have. Had he laughed. drugged a woman, yeah, and she became I'd pregnant. Like, right. I'd have been ready to fight, but y'all, I laughed so, and I feel bad now. Y'all are saying it, but I laughed so fucking hard. You, I almost fell off the couch. I, I, y'all. He was like a boar attack. Y'all, I just, I couldn't keep it in. I laughed. It was terrible. Sorry, guys. Leslie Jones. I just think they could have done something else. He could have gone to the sperm bank. Uh-huh. He could have get money. You know, he could have. It could have been a consensual one. Yeah, um, he was supposed to be sowing his royal oats. That's why they mm-hmm. sent him over there. They're like mm-hmm. so, so, so you sow your oats, buddies. Okay, mm-hmm. let's get into the storyline, which is a bit different. So we're 30, 30 years later, and we have Prince Hakeem, and he's in Zambunda with his wife, um, Lisa. And now they have three princesses. Um, they have three daughters. Mm-hmm. And they're in there, all beautiful, all fantastic. They were like, they were fighting. And I was like, I didn't know we were in Wakanda as well. I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you must have forgotten that. You must have forgotten that about the first one. <laughs> I did. I completely forgot. I completely forgot. It's been so long since I've seen the first one. Like it is, yeah, I completely forgot. Hey man, Kiki Lane is beautiful, man. Oh yeah. Everybody, yes. everybody in this in this uh movie is beautiful. I'm like, everybody's beautiful. Is they're all gorgeous. Except for a lot of the Americans. They weren't so gorgeous, but whatever. Um <laughs> so and in the culture we find out that uh, they will not allow a woman to ascend to the throne, only a male heir can ascend. So his he has three daughters, he doesn't have a son at the moment, so she can't um she can't her name is Princess Mika. She's the oldest uh, daughter and she's been preparing for the throne her whole life. And like now they're like, Oh, you can't do it because you're a girl. I was like, Oh, that's pretty fucked up, whatever. So um we kind of get into the story where his father Prince, uh, King Jaffe is kind of coming to the end of his life and he's kind of getting ready to, tra- to transition. Um, and then you kind of, get, uh, so he's getting, getting ready to transition. Then they uh, introduced uh, kind of a war, I guess a war general from a, no- a neighboring country that was Wesley Snipes. Do- next, next Dora? Next Dorian. Next Dora, yeah. yeah. And Wesley Snipes played General Izzy, um, which I, I just thought, and I, did, I forget that Wesley Sipes does have comedic timing because when he came in, y'all, I just laughed and laughed. Yes. It was so stupid. Yes. It was so stupid. He danced out and all the people were, y'all, I thought this shit was funny as fuck. I, I'm sorry, I can't. I thought it was hilarious. You guys didn't even like that part when Wesley Sipes came in? Uh, okay. We have Chevy Downers on, on, the, on the cast because this was really oh, I was just like, okay. It was funny, it was okay. Nah, what's man? Get, we gotta get Wesley Snipes his roses, man. Like he, he did really well. Like we should go. White Man Can't Jump is a classic movie, man. He's fighting that. Well, yeah, this ain't White Man Can't Jump. This is coming to and from America real quickly. <laughs> <laughs> they moved really quick, man. They oh. moved so quick to and from America. 
it was crazy. But so his country clearly like is maybe the the not not so rich country and they rely a lot, it seems like on Zamunda. So he was like, I want to marry my son to your one of your daughters, like your oldest daughter, so that we can, you know, combine our, our nations. Are we gonna basically rob y'all and bomb y'all to the war? Um that he made like and then we find out his sister was what's her name? I don't know her real name. Um Vanessa the first, Calloway. Yeah. What is she what's her name in the in the movie? I don't know. She had a name. I can't. I think he said it. Like Wesley Snipes said it. But in the first movie, they, they were supposed to have arranged marriage, and he, like, she was like jumping on one leg. She was barking like a dog. Yeah, I mean, this way it's like I'll do. You know, I like whatever you like. And so they're like show her thirty years later, which I thought that was kind of stupid. And he was like, "You still didn't marry my sister. Now she's stuck being this psycho, basically." She, she just, in because he never told her not to. Stop. I mean, I, I, I laughed. I laughed at that part a little bit because I was like, "This uh-huh. bitch been barking and jumping on one leg for thirty years." She and like y'all see, like like her jewels were all like <laughs> like hanging off. <laughs> she like, but she looked so fucking crazy. Her ponytail was all to the side. I was like, "This is ridiculous." It was just ridiculous. So um, he basically is like, you know, oh, you don't have a son, so this is your only option. Basically, like marry marry my son to your daughter, one of your daughters. He was like, "Bitch, that's not happening today because she don't like your your son." He looked a mess. Um, so they basically leave out. Then the next scene we see that uh, King Joffe, like I said, was kind of transitioning. He was in the bed. Um, James Earl Jones, who is, you know, all a powerhouse. He still looks so good. Like all the all black really don't crack, like just not that much because every all the black people look 30 years old. Y'all look phenomenal. He looks mm-hmm. so good. Um, so he basically wants, he's like, um, you know, you need to have a son. And we actually found out that you have an illegitimate son. They kept calling him the bastard son, which I, yeah, I left. It was like, I was like, it just made me think of Jon Snow, but like in a funny way, <laughs> you call him the bastard son, uh, the bastard of Queens. And I was like, this shit is too ridiculous. So King Joffrey, they, they let him know that there's a bastard son that you need to go to America, get him so that he can be the, you know, be your next heir. And uh, then King Joffrey is like, I want to get, I want to go attend my funeral. Like, I know I'm dying. Y'all, this shit tickled me. So he, so when they open up, they have him in his casket. Y'all didn't laugh at that shit when they opened that casket and the king was sitting in there and he was at his own funeral. I laughed when he said, I'm dead now. (laughs) I was like, so what y'all, what y'all gonna do at the real funeral? Y'all gotta come up with a whole new, that was it. A whole new program. That was it. I mean, I know when he died there, but if he hadn't died, I was just like, so what y'all gonna do at the real funeral? Y'all gotta come up with a whole new... Uh, I would have poisoned him. I would have poisoned him to make sure he died and then so we'd had only one funeral. And That's I'm like, like, what is Morgan Freeman doing here? What is this happening? It was... And then they had Gladys Knight. So they had Gladys Knight. They had Salt and Pepper in Vogue. None of it made sense. All of it was ridiculous. It was the funniest, y'all. I just... It, t- it tickled me. It tickled me. Everybody looks so good, though. Honestly, culture. It was for the culture. It was for the culture. So uh, King Joffe d- dies, and then uh, Gladys Knight was uh, on the midnight train oh, uh, to Zamunda. To Zamunda. <laughs> y'all, that, y'all didn't laugh at that shit when she was in there singing. Y'all, that shit was funny as fuck. I'm sorry. <laughs> It was funny. So he dies. And so they decide to um, head over to America. They need to find his son so they can bring him back because now he'll have to be the heir because they need to f- think about what's going to happen next um, and who who now is going to take the throne because now Prince Hakeem is prepping to take the throne. So we find out, I guess this is where I have the biggest cognitive dissonance, is that once they get back to the U.S., 
they go to Queens. They're like, uh, this has changed a lot. And like they're talking about uh, gentrification. Mm-hmm. Y'all, y'all didn't laugh at that when it was like people like zooming down like on uh, hoverboards. Like they're like, this is really changed. <laughs> but the barbershop is still here. Like y'all didn't laugh at that. I mean, I did not. What's but... the what's the laughing? It's just a statement. It's gentrification. The gentrification. Yeah, it was funny. So I was like, yeah, yeah. it's fucked up. It's so fucked up, critics, man. I mean, I ain't a cri- I mean, it was just like they made a statement that it's changed a lot, and um, yeah, just, yes. yeah. I just, but I didn't. Yeah. I wasn't mad. Yeah, gentrification <laughs> happens everywhere. Like, this whole thing will be me trying to make y'all like love this movie. It's gonna be terrible. So really depressing. Yeah. <laughs> really depressing. I was happy, but now I'm depressed. Um, like, yeah, like y'all, like who did y'all want to write this? You think it'd be Kenyon Bears, Aaron Magruder, Dave Chappelle, like all the best comedy writers in the world for y'all to laugh at like this movie? No, no, that's the thing. <laughs> I just no. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing was funny yet, really. <laughs> I was just waiting for the funny to happen. I was like, okay, funny is about to happen because they're going into the barbershop. It's about to be funny. And so then I, I was like, the no, was that wasn't really funny. Was hilarious. I thought the barbershop was pretty funny. Like, yep. I mean, that wasn't hilarious. I mean, I, 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 again, like I said, I started feeling uncomfortable after like the third flies in your face African joke. I'm like, all right, y'all. Like, it was it was just a couple years ago when we was all that black African diaspora and all love and Wakanda. Now we over here like, oh y'all got starvation and flies in your face. I'm like, okay, like the first Ebola joke, okay, that that was funny. <laughs> and then after that, I'm like, how many times is y'all gonna <laughs> shit on Africa? Like for real, coming from black black Americans, you know. So I'm like, all right, all right, joke number four. <laughs> oh God. So they're in the barbershop with his old friends and they still act in the same way. Um, so, uh, you know, again, like I, I, I thought a lot of it was really funny. And I love that the guy was like, yeah, Nazis, you know, uh, Nazis are everywhere. They're just better dressed, basically. Like they just dress like a geek squad. I was like, that shit is so fucking true. That was like the big takeaway. Um, but they did have some, they did have some jokes, like we said, that did not age well, even though they should have, like we're in, we're not back 30 years ago, like it's today. Like you can't make certain jokes anymore. So uh, come to find out, um, he figures out that he needs to get to Mary um, uh, Johnson's house and that his son's name is Lavelle Johnson. So he goes and like, they are trying to get like a birthday party together and uh, Lavelle is coming home and Mary is his mom. And we find out that Mary basically date raped Prince Hakeem and then, where she drugged him, where he thought something else was happening, she was actually having sex. So that's how she ended up getting pregnant. See, this so is what I didn't like because that uh-huh. in the original, and not to necessarily compare, but like that nightclub scene to me was one of the funniest. It was scenes, the, right one of the funniest. And so I'm like, oh, they have now studied, sullied this scene that was so funny originally yeah. with Leslie Jones and this other person Whoa. and <laughs> all of this. I, I like Leslie Jones, but I was like, yeah. One of, one of my homegirls was like, she's just uncomfortable. She's just tired of Leslie Jones being mm-hmm. cast as this aggressive woman that can never can never be thought of uh, in that way by a man unless she's literally mm-hmm. raping them, <laughs> drugging and raping them and mm-hmm. this aggressive woman. And she's just, she said she's just tired of that. And, 
Yeah. She was uncomfortable about the whole thing. Okay. Okay. I mean, they made her different by the end of the movie. Well, like, not even by the end. Like, after this scene, like, she Mm -hmm. is, like, different, but I was like, "Mm." She was strictly comic relief after this, like, to me. It was just, I, I thought she did a phenomenal job. I thought this, this was the best, this was the most I've enjo- enjoyed Leslie Jones um, since SNL, hands down. I really, really enjoyed uh, I thought all the scenes were really popping. I wish they would have used like Lunell more, like J- uh, Tracy Morgan, I thought was, he hit a lot of really funny jokes. Yeah. The the American uh, comedians, like the older comedians out in the, that were in the, the that was their friends, I wish that they would have had a little bit more time with them because I think they could have really like made us laugh. But they're never appropriate, so you'd have to. Like, <laughs> it couldn't be a PG thirteen movie at that. Point. Yes, yeah, well, that's why. They, that's why they asked for just putting candles in a birthday cake because Lunell and them, they they are missed, but they are really right. funny. <laughs> um, See, it's and, probably the uncut, the the scenes that's on the cutting room floor. Now that shit's probably funny. It's probably super funny because it's the stuff cause, that cause actually made real. it in the movie. Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he finds, you know, Mary, he finds uh, Lavelle. He convinces them to come over to Zamunda and to be his heir. So what I thought was stupid is that so he gets them over there. He never tells his wife or his children that, you know, he's gone. He left the country first to hop over to the United States real quick to grab. And I've been on a, I don't know where Zamunda is, but I've been on many, I've been on four flights from Africa and it shit take you forever and ever because you always got to stop in fucking Amsterdam and you're going against the wind. Like it's hard to, it's a long time. It's a long flight. We're on a couple of flights. Um, so they come back over. His wife, uh, Lisa, is clearly upset because he's like, you didn't tell me what's going on. You didn't tell me the truth. Our daughter should have been your heir. Like you, I thought you were going to change things here in Jamunda, but you basically just going along with your dad told you. He already did, so let's keep it moving. He in the ground now. He had a good a good funeral um, that he also attended. Um, <laughs> so, you know, we kind of see them trying to assimilate and kind of figure out what's going on there and come to find out uh, that, that Prince... Um, that Prince Hakeem and General Izzy had made an arrangement for him, for uh, his son to marry his, uh, the general's daughter, basically. And so in walks, they do this huge presentation and in walks Tiana Taylor. And I totally forgot that she was in the movie. And I was like, oh, this Tiana Taylor, she looks so beautiful. Like, oh my gosh. She's supposed to play Dionne Warwick. And then after that, mm-hmm. I was like, that's all I can see now. I'm like, yeah, you know, um, yeah, she's definitely the unworthy. I mean, yeah, as far as yeah. Anyway, mm-hmm. she also she looked like Cicely Tyson too, like her energy. I don't know, but okay, okay. Um, I feel like Elise is is Cicely Tyson, a hundred percent. Yeah. Um, so it was just it was beautiful. All the beautiful people, they're dancing and all this gorgeous costume, and they come in. Um, so they're both like he and his mom were like, oh wow, she's really beautiful. Um, so he's open to marrying her. Then he like kind of falls in love with his with his barber, um, Maribe, Maribe, and uh, basically feels like his dad is using him for a pawn and doesn't you know really trust him. It's like fuck it, we going back to America and we're gonna you know get married, basically elope there and live their best lives. And like I love Trevor Noah was in this with ZNN. Y'all didn't laugh at the ZNN. Jokes. That shit was funny. I mean, I I chuckled when I was like, "Oh, CNN." I mean, it wasn't no deep, robust laugh. I was just like, "Oh, CNN." Oh, CNN. I, mean. I was just like, "Oh, look at Trevor Noah." Yeah, he was so funny. Trevor Noah was and so funny. And that was funny. it. 
was like, and that was it. I was like, oh, what's wrong with that one? I was like, look at Z and Man, y'all worse than even and Roper, man. Keep going. Oh my God. Just like, yes. Yes. Um, so he, you know, he, he ends up running away with uh, with her over back to the United States of America. And that puts his family at risk now because they've already made a promise to General Izzy that, that he will marry his daughter. So now it looks bad and he's ready to fight everybody. Um, and so Prince Hakeem goes, goes to America to try to find his son and bring him back and so that he can marry her. And um, I even laughed at that scene because then they were at the church and then you saw the old preacher from the first movie who was played by Arsenio Hall. And y'all, y'all didn't laugh at the fact that he like did not have shoes on or pants. Like, it was just hilarious. <laughs> I didn't remember he had shoes on or pants. I didn't either, but go I, ahead. I, yeah. Go ahead, Bill. So, <laughs> so as they're trying to get married, uh, the young lady was like, his barber was like, no, you know, you, your sisters need you and your country needs you and you should go back home and we'll get, you know, basically we'll get married there. So they come back to the United States and they get I, married there. I don't know. I, 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 do, I do recall being like, what is going on with this chick like this? She gonna leave the palace to... Mm-hmm. Uh, Married this dude at this uh former what was it a former um strip not strip club a former something gambling spot or something like that Mm -hmm. I I don't know but I was just like what's her name Maribe Maribe yeah I'm just like girl you just met this dude you gonna give up the palace life to come (laughs) you doing a reverse you doing a reverse Meghan Markle calm down right like okay (laughs) she was escaping the institution. (laughs) <laughs> Mark, did you have something? No, no, I'm good. <laughs> oh, so they ended up coming back uh, to to Zimunda and they smoothed it over. He smooths it over with um, with uh, Wesley Sipes' character, General Izzy, and uh, he allows his son to marry the person that he loves because he was like, you know, um, Hakeem was allowed to marry Lisa. So he was like, okay, you can marry the person you love, blah, blah, blah. Then he makes it, he changes the law so that his daughter can now be the queen of Zamunda and she doesn't, it doesn't have to go directly to a male heir, which was nice. Girl power for that. Um, and then you, at the wedding, you hear uh, Randy Watson come out. You have peaches and cream wrapping. Y'all, I just, when I tell you cackled, screamed, sexual chocolate, I, it was just, I just thought that was the funniest shit I'd ever seen. I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. Uh, so, yeah. So, we have King, Queen Mika is going to be the queen after uh, the throne is, is either vacated by death or abdication from uh, from Hakeem. And that was the end of the movie. So, everybody just ha- lived their happy happy lives. So, except for uh, uh, Tiana Taylor and her brother. They, they didn't have nobody to marry. Oh, right. <laughs> So, um, but then he he did agree to open uh, trade routes with uh, General Izzy, so that was nice. So their countries can help each other. I, I, like, I oh, did like great. when Wesley Snipes said, "Thank you for unleashing my sister." Now she, I was hey, I did laugh at that. Whatever he said, yeah. her, her canine, her canine curse. Yeah, yeah. I did. Yeah, I did laugh at that, and that's when I realized this bitch been barking for thirty years. <laughs> I was like, oh, this bitch been barking 30 years. Oh, shit. That's so funny. But uh, was, was, was Wesley Snipes in that, um, or General Izzy, whatever, in that kilt supposed to be like Idi Amin, the last mm-hmm. king of Scotland? Okay. I think so. 
I think so. He was trying so hard. Like, oh my God, oh my God, this is so funny. But yeah, I just forgot that he does have really good comedic timing. So we haven't seen him in so long. So well, I no, really- he was in Black Dynamite, which was actually, good. I mean, he was. which oh, is good. God. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. It's still in my queue. It's it Black Dynamite. Good. Oh, wow. I'll That's see. I'll- worth watching. Okay, I'll definitely see it. Um, so yeah. See, this I- is my struggle with Eddie Murphy, right? He'll make mm-hmm. a movie like that, and you'll be like, Eddie's so good. And then, you know, the next movie, you'll be like, Eddie is trash. What is happening? <laughs> it's like, you it can't, like... Mm-hmm. There's no middle like, ground. Oh, he's so good in Dreamgirls. He should win an Oscar. And then the next movie, it was like, what is this? Mm-hmm. I, he was Okay, so now that we verified, I guess we verified that he's that was supposed to be kind of like a nod. I don't know if that's the word we want to use to Idi Amin. Isn't that kind of fucking terrible? <laughs> Isn't that terrible? Is it, is it not just me that that's fucking terrible? Well, we're saying that it's a nod to Idi Amin, but he was just a warlord in an African nation. It would be terrible if it wasn't true, then I would say, yeah, it was terrible. But no, it's just, this is what life is. Um, yeah, but... <laughs> Idi Amin was a weirdo almost specifically because he proclaimed himself to be the last king of Scotland in war uh-huh. like so it's uniquely him like most uh-huh. warlords don't do that so I'm just like I mean even warlords so I'm just like uh-huh. that's kind of I, I don't know now now I'm looking at it like are we we're you taking this way too seriously you need to bring the dose the whole movie was based off of a rape no they should have thought harder they should have thought harder than putting an african warlord in uh-huh. in homage to Idi i mean like that's fucked up it wasn't a homage to Idi. i mean it was a character well what other african warlord wore a kilt and called himself the last king of scotland he called this man. They call himself Last King of Scotland. But I'm saying, like, if it wasn't to Idi Amin, who else would that be to? It's not to anyone. It's making fun of this person. It's not an homage to him. They didn't like say we're going to really pr- promote Idi Amin. Like it was a yeah, joke. But that's random as fuck that you got a African warlord mm-hmm. and then an African warlord in a Scottish kilt. And then you say, oh, this is not about the one African warlord that used to wear a Scottish kilt. No, it has nothing I, to do with him. <laughs> but nobody said that. That's what I'm saying. No one said that. Like, no one. I didn't say that. They didn't say that. No one said that. They're making they're making a satire of probably Idi Amin and other African warlords. But we can't say that because we didn't write it and we didn't we didn't produce this film. But I'm just saying this is this is a comedy. Eddie Murphy is a comedian. I uh-huh. I give comedians a little bit of leeway with that with this type of stuff because if we didn't like we the shit would not be funny. Well, well, I mean everything we would we wouldn't laugh, yeah we wouldn't laugh at anything. Exactly. So I, I, I didn't really. Somebody who's a <laughs> you didn't laugh at y'all didn't laugh at each other. I yeah. thought she was hilarious. Somebody who's a comedian and their job is supposed to find funny in everything, uh-huh. even in darkness. I give them a little bit of leeway to do that. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, keep that same energy when it's somebody white doing some shit. That's all I'm saying. I do. I do believe you. That's all I'm saying. Black people. (laughs) I like like it all. I am a dark humor person. I'm an inappropriate humor person. So I like it all. 
mean, but like, like you said, it's, it's different to satire somebody and glorify somebody. Yes, and that's not what they were doing. They're satiring, making fun of this type of person. But we didn't write it, so we don't know. Like, we, we don't know. But it was hilarious. I thought he did a great job. I love when he danced down the, down the aisle and with, I mean, his, I mean, with his boring people. Exactly. It wasn't flagrant. It wasn't like, like if he just had a kill thought, it would have been different if he walked around with like, God, I, no, just something else. Like, it could have been way more flagrant. He just had on a kill. He just had on a kill. I thought it was hilarious. I mean, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I thought Wesley did. did a good job with the material that he had. I think yeah. everybody did a, did a good job with what they were giving. We, me and Kim were just like, what y'all was giving though was like, man. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think you that know. if it was, it was <laughs> so if we would have watched the rated R version, you think you would have liked it? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> if, if, the, um, if, if the storyline was still based off of what I consider one of the most massive plot holes in a long time, I still would like it. I'm just like, because again, the whole movie, I'm like, you mean to tell me y'all ain't gonna never check this motherfucker's blood? You're gonna hand your whole kingdom over on the word of the bitch that raped you and a witch doctor. I'm not gonna break up, I'm not gonna break up open wounds. This is is not a massive plot hole. You've seen way, watch way more massive plot holes in your life. This is- I didn't understand the witch doctor. I didn't quite get the witch doctor. I think I was confused by that one. I've seen lots of movies and shows with plot holes. This was a major plot because this is the basis of the movie. The basis of the movie was finding paternity. Who, yes, the paternity and who you're going to give your kingdom to in your death. The fact mm-hmm. that you don't even mention this at all. You, Simi could have mentioned, well, the paternity test came back and he's yours. Period. Mm-hmm. Kept, yeah. kept it moving. And the, and the whole movie could have continued in the direction it went. I feel like they, I mean the they, fact that even in 2020 that he couldn't make Mika uh, the princess like just that is like why we don't need, this movie could have totally been different she still could have been heir he still could have had a son that still caused us some drama and the son could have been conceived consensually and he not known about it <laughs> some, some of these things still could have been like this still could have been and it still could have been funny the whole movie I like I said the whole movie I was waiting for them to somebody to come back and be like oh he's not really your son and then he has this whole revelation like I've been going about this the wrong fucking way the whole time my daughter is the one I should have been investing this time and everything in to begin with and then the movie would have still ended up with her you know same thing but again nobody I, look I'm a this is supposed to be like this was an 80s movie. You know, you had Jerry Springer and Mari back in those days. That Like, this ain't no <laughs> far-fetched idea for someone in the writer's room to be like, oh, let's do a paternity, just a mention of it real quick. Either it's his or it ain't. Just to say that this man did not give his entire kingdom over to a stranger based off the word of the bitch that raped him. <laughs> this is so bizarre to me. That is completely bizarre to me. And I could not get past that point after that. Especially considering that he looked like Chris Tucker. That no, he ain't look like nobody. <laughs> like you that, didn't even like nobody here. You I started to be like, Leslie nobody. Jones, are you sure this your son? <laughs> he don't <laughs> resemble none of y'all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all I'm saying is Game of Thrones gave you way bigger potholes. And I feel like you give that a more favorable rating than you do this movie. 
Game of Thrones didn't give me plot holes until the last season. And I shit on the last season. Did I not shit on the last season? I think we all did. <laughs> Roll that beautiful bean footage, goddamn. <laughs> I, listened to, I listened to it the other day where we shat all over season eight and part of season seven. Yeah, I was like, yes. I feel like we started shitting on that like in season six. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I still need to go back and start. I need to do a rewatch. <laughs> <laughs> I clearly I clearly like like I clearly like uh making my life harder than what it has to be. Right. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say like don't watch it. I mean I tried to rewatch it and I just couldn't. But I wouldn't tell somebody not to watch it like you know. We talking about I mean, coming to America. I'm talking about coming to America. I wouldn't say, oh, don't watch coming to America. You might be like, you a male, and it's just incredibly funny. And so go ahead and, you know, enjoy. There are going to be a couple of things. B fell asleep. I don't think he has watched this. He fell asleep before they even came back to Africa the first time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, watch it, for the, watch it for the culture. Like, you yeah. know, I, I I saw all these people on social media like, um, y'all should you know, y'all just don't want to support black art and it's employed all the black people and what y'all wanted was a ghetto ratchet movie. I'm like, I'm I'm what the fuck are you talking about? First and foremost, I was just like, I'm extremely happy that it employed all these black people that, you know, yes. Tyler Perry, yeah. it was filmed there, yada, yada, yada. And I was like, I didn't want no ratchet shit. I, I did, what I didn't want, what was ratchet was this man was drugged and they raped. I was like, I didn't yeah. want that. And I certainly didn't want, like I said, nobody ever takes the time to check if this guy is really his son. Like, those are the only two things that I just really didn't want. Don't sit up here and tell me that uh, I wanted something ratchet or whatever, whatever. And, and the other thing is, I'm like, the same people who be saying that shit also don't support a whole slew of other black films. Like, they shit on Moonlight. They shit on Sylvie's Love. They shit on all these things. It's boring. Or, oh, I, I wasn't feeling it. And save your money. I'm like, y'all just full of shit both ways. So, yeah. Well, that's that, guys. <laughs> <laughs> We are I did want a trauma a trauma free uh viewing, but you just can't escape it. Uh, it appears. I feel you like as black have... people will always have it. I feel like as black people will probably and, and black people are women, I feel like trauma is gonna be a part of most of the things that we watch. Right. That's just cause history and life. That's <laughs> it's a mess. Yeah. Well, that's all we got, guys. Um, we hope that you enjoyed hearing us uh, go 50-50 on uh, this amazing, this really, what half of us thought was funny and half of us did not think was funny. Um, <laughs> 30 years later, coming to America too. Uh, but, you know, I say, check it out for yourself. Let us know what you think about it. Um, let tweet, you know, tweet us. You can Facebook us, email us. Let us know what you thought about us and whose side, who side you were on. Um, and watch this and if you liked it or not. And that's it. Thank you so much for joining us. Please you know, rate and review us on iTunes. Um, please follow us on all social media platforms. And we hope to hear from you soon. Bye. 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 Deuces.